Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of The Local Sex Shop. My name is Michaela and I am the hostess of this podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a lesser known queer identity, which is aromanticism. And this specific identity has been getting a bit more popular in recent times, but not popular enough. Uh, so today with us, we have an aromatic person, Michaela, Hello. Uh, to talk to us about her identity and her experiences. Michaela uses she, her pronouns. She has studied international law. She identifies as bisexual and aromantic. And she is uh, co-organizing the Queer Pride Groningen. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> So I'm gonna get into it and start by asking you, so what is aromanticism? So shortly, it's experiencing little to no romantic attraction. That's the short version of it. <laughs> but it is, of course, a spe- well, not of course, but it is a spectrum similar to the asexuality spectrum. So as I said, it's little to no. So at least for me, before I knew more about it, my idea was that only if you completely feel no romantic feelings, you hate relationships, you hate romance, then you can be aromantic. But then I learned more about it. And of course, it's way more nuanced than that. There's a lot more different kinds of experiences on the spectrum. So what kind of spectrum is it? What are the experiences that you might encounter? Well, for example, there are some people who feel romantic attraction really rarely, like maybe once or twice in their whole life. There are some people who feel it, but very weakly, and they might not even really know the difference between platonic and romantic uh, attraction. Then there are some people who, like, even though they don't feel the attraction, they still like romance, either for other people, for example, consuming media with romance, or even they might, like myself, want to be in a relationship that at least seems very romantic to outsiders. And then there are other people who really want nothing to do with any of this, either for themselves or to see other people engage in these kinds of activities. Yeah, I have seen like the last part, because it's the more extreme part, I guess you would say, of how you can experience romantic attraction. And I think it's called being romance repulsed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that's the more... Like, that's the idea that people have when they first start hearing about this identity, I feel. And it's also, I think, easier for you to identify that you have it in yourself because, well, it's easier to see that you are different from others because that's the problem with this. It's so internal, so it's really difficult because you only have your own experience. So it's really difficult to see if you are aromantic, if you don't have this, like, very extreme version of it. Because if you are like me, I'm, I would say, externally, I don't look... Like, my relationships don't seem that different, I would say, from alloromantic, so non-aromantic people. So identifying that this is something that I am was really a difficult task for me. <laughs> so how did you start thinking that you might be aromantic? Yeah, it was a long journey. I think it first started when I was 18, and I would say I finally like fully made peace with it when I was 22. So that was a couple of years. And my first idea that led to this was I had been dating my then boyfriend for a year and a half. And then one night I just realized that I don't feel for him like I should. Like, my experiences are not what I think other people's experiences are based on what I see all over. And I was really sad about it because I still like the relationship. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like, do I have to break up with him now, even though I don't want to? And But then I decided to, like, just kind of look if, you know, it would change if I would start feeling more romantic again or something. Because I knew that you're not passionately in love with your life partner the whole time that you had to get there, usually. Then I actually, at school, in a language class, uh, we read an article about how in long-term relationships, love becomes a choice. 
because you lose that like initial sparkle and you know this kind of stuff so i was like okay you know that's what's happening with me you know <laughs> so i just kind of dealt with like that but then after a year or something I started reading more about uh, aromanticism and after reading about it for like a couple of months then I was like yeah no actually that's what I am. I started looking at my childhood crushes and I realized even back then I knew that I kind of had them like too easily that's how I felt about it. It was like if someone is attractive and nice then that was a crush for me and uh, so I would get these crushes very easily. <laughs> And it's also really interesting because I am bisexual, but I live in a heteronormative uh, society. So that's how I experienced my crushes with guys. But with girls, I was like, oh, she's really cool. I'm going to be friends with her. <laughs> so even though I felt pretty much the same about it, uh, which was neither completely romantic nor platonic. So I guess that's just how I thought about it. But yeah, eventually I realized that this is something that I haven't really actually ever felt real romantic feelings. And so I'm probably aromantic. Do you think, though, that people who are aromantic and, like, know that they're on the spectrum might end up feeling in love at some point? I think it can happen. That's actually a comment that I have gotten from some people when I told them. And what I told them, like, they were straight women who told me. And I was like, well, you could also fall in love with a woman. It might happen, but how likely is it? <laughs> We don't know. Like, things like this can happen, but I don't see... It To be very likely i'm 24 i haven't experienced these feelings so far in my life so it might happen but i don't think so <laughs> yeah i guess you never really know yeah you can't know and i know that for a lot of people who don't know um who are not familiar with that idea it might be a very difficult notion to think oh so you're you're not in love with someone ever and i think that there might have been the question okay is there a possibility that there's a specific reason that you're aromantic yeah uh also one person when i told them they were like oh is this something you can work on <laughs> i don't think so i think in principle my understanding of this is that it's uh similar to sexual orientation it's just something i don't know what that is caused by but it just is you just have it Um, but I do know there are some people in the community who think that their aromanticism is connected to either past trauma with uh, romance or with other things uh, or their neurodivergence. So there are some people who think that it is connected to other things, but in principle, at least for myself, I think it's just something I was born with. And I don't know too much about that beyond that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like sometimes it's even if something is coming from somewhere, hypothetically, if you accept that that is what it is then it's hard to pinpoint and say, yes, this is the experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned some things that people had told you when you when you came out to them as aromantic. Uh, what are other things that maybe you have heard as comments? Mostly uh, not so positive, which is also a reason for why it took me so long to accept this identity. Well, heartless, <laughs> uh, not feeling emotions, not caring about others taking advantage of their partners, especially for men, because, uh, well, there is this idea that in some communities that kind of women give sex to men so that they get romance in return. So some people see that if the man doesn't give the romance, then they're kind of taking advantage of the woman. For me, this is a really, especially this kind of hardness and emotionless um, thing is really interesting because are you only nice and respectful to people you're romantically attracted to? I would hope not. <laughs> so I don't really see what that has to do with not feeling romantic feelings. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very tight to... Like, you have to feel it. Like, this is the norm. And because it's the norm, how can you not 
be part of that and how can you not uh, be in love and that is like a very often thing to hear from from everyone like from your family from your friends from maybe older family members yeah i haven't told them <laughs> <laughs> i have only told very selected people let's say yeah i can <laughs> but also what you said about like it's a kind of part of their relationship that this is what one person gets and one person gives mm-hmm. you still have relationships though yes i do and i believe that to well i don't know but my assumption is that to outsiders they wouldn't know that there's anything and i call them romantic relationships i say boyfriend and you know stuff like this how i see it is that my partners are people who i'm really good friends with and i'm also sexually attracted to which to some people are well that's just romance but from what i have seen i think to ala romantic people there's something more to it for myself i feel like i have some kind of i don't know chemical reaction or something that is lacking there like for me it's only those things while i've again this is so difficult because i don't know what other people feel <laughs> but when i see movies people doing these like i mean of course they have movies but like crazy things for their like uh, partners sacrificing all these things in their life just because they're so crazy in love like this kind of stuff for example for me is i can't relate to anything like that at all <laughs> and when you say we're like friends and i'm sexually attracted to them though don't you think that maybe someone else might say oh well then you're not in a relationship well perhaps i feel like for me it's almost more the opposite that it's more like well you're not a romantic like this is just what everyone has like i feel like the relationships that i have they just seem so normal to outsiders that yeah i have never received a comment like this actually <laughs> i guess if because uh for me it has never been like a relevant thing but i have thought if i would be in a relationship with someone who is asexual or for whatever reason doesn't want to have sex I think I would be open to that for sure. I mean, it depends on the situation. I will have to see. But uh, in that situation, I think definitely people would be like, oh, you're just friends, you know. And how does your boyfriend uh, react to it? Or like, how did you first told him, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm aromantic? Yeah, so when we met, we met on Tinder. Actually, both of us had in our bios that we're not looking for a relationship. Uh, for me, it was mostly because I had just ended a very long-term relationship and it was uh, not a very good ending. So I wasn't, I didn't feel ready for seeing other people, but I still wanted to have, you know, other kinds of fun. <laughs> and then it started at some point, I started noticing like, okay, like I think there's something more than just like a hookup going on here. So when I noticed that, then I was like, hey, you know, there's something you should know. And then I told him about, you know, me being aromantic and stuff. And then he would, honestly, he was just like, um, uh, yeah, he didn't really, he was just like, okay, basically, and asked some questions. And later too, uh, we have talked about it a bit. He has asked me like, you know, do you feel about me any differently from your friends or stuff like this? And I said, yes. How do you differentiate then in your, in your mind since you don't think that you feel in love? Yeah, it is really difficult and this in the whole community is a problem that plagues us. What is the difference between platonic and romantic attraction? And uh, well, for me, first of all, my romantic partner is kind of like my... I mean, this is something that a lot of people don't like, but I want to have a person in life that is like my first person, like my priority, my person, you know? And for me, it wouldn't necessarily have to be romantic. I would be fine with it being a friend, but it's easier to find a romantic partner <laughs> who is like this. Uh, so that's what I go with. So first of all, it would have to be someone who 
I really like, really want to share my life with, because there are some friends who I like, but I wouldn't want to live with them, for example. <laughs> and also, of course, the sexual attraction is one part of it. Well, as I said, it could be also possible for me not to not have that, but uh, that has not been the case yet in my life. So I don't know too much about that possibility. Would you still feel comfortable to to say, I have a friendship and that person I also have sex with, and maybe you could even be like living together, but we're not in a romantic relationship. Yeah. Um, are you referring to like maybe queer platonic relationships or like what I like? Well, that's that's the thing. Like I feel like there's a lot of people who identify as aromantic um, that put a lot of significance on their friendships mm-hmm. yeah. rather than building uh, romantic relationships. Um, but that doesn't mean that they are not interested in sex. Yeah. No, for me, as I said, like, uh, for me, what's important and interesting is to have this, like, uh, my person. Like, and I don't really care if it's a friend or if we have sex or not. Like, I just want to have someone who I can talk to throughout the day. When I have a problem, I can go to them. I know that they will come to me. You know, we can build a life together. This is what's interesting to me. And, like, it's just the easiest to find it in this kind of traditional romantic sexual way because that's the assumption in the society so i just go where the in finnish we would say where the fence is the lowest (laughs) (laughs) yeah i understand that (laughs) has your boyfriend told you that he loves you he has and then especially in the beginning i didn't really know how to respond because i would say i love him but it's different it's something that comes it came very slow first of all it's kind of kind of like similar to friendship love when you have very close intimate friends i would say i love them too but it's something that comes a lot slower than it seems to me that romantic love comes and um yes i didn't really know how to respond to him because i didn't want him to think that i'm not a romantic anymore or something like this and then we talked about it and i said like yeah i do you know really care about you and you know like you know blah 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 this kind of stuff but I just feel like if I said it, it would be a bit, uh, not lying, but not, uh, I'm looking for a word, but I forgot it. <laughs> um, it just wouldn't be genuine, let's say, mm. in the sense that the expectation is there in the society what, for those words. Do they feel they need to hear it back? No, like as long as they, they find more important uh, that I treat them well, you know, this kind of like showing the love rather than saying it, this is more important to him, which is actually very different from my ex. Um, who actually we ended up breaking up. Um, well, there were a lot of problems in that relationship, but why we ultimately ended the relationship was because he couldn't handle the fact that I was a romantic and that I didn't feel like that for him. Like for him, that was kind of like a really important, even a confident boost, confidence boost to some extent. So yeah, I have two very different experiences uh, in my two relationships that I have had. Uh, but for my current boyfriend, like for him, that isn't as important as the like actual reality and how we are, how I treat him and that kind of stuff. How was it with the previous relationship when you said, well, I don't romantically love you? <laughs> well, as I said, the relationship wasn't uh, very great. So how it actually came up was uh, during a fight. <laughs> I-, I had been bottling it up for long, but then there were a lot of things happening in our life. Like we moved abroad and his grandmother died and stuff like this. So I like... <laughs> I wanted to tell him, but like I was also really, really, really bad about myself. As I said, it took me a long time to accept it in myself. So telling someone else this was really difficult for me. And I knew that it would probably end the relationship. At first he was like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. Then we didn't talk about it for half a year. And then he was like, yeah, you know, actually, I don't think I can do this. (laughs) 
but yeah, it was not a good relationship, so... So it was a lot of things going wrong. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, not the only problem by far. Actually, I had also thought about breaking up with him, like, the months before we did, but then he had fallen into depression, so I was like, yeah, you know, I'll just wait a couple of months so he feels better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I was young. <laughs> Um, do you have like any specific advice that you would give to other people who might feel aromantic on how to um, communicate about their feelings about maybe partners in their lives or family members who might not really understand the concept of I don't want a romantic relationship yeah I think well those two are quite different because well Okay, also, first of all, when you are in a relationship, like, do you still want to continue or not? So that's also going to depend on how you bring it up. Yeah, in the case of your partner, I think if you do want to continue the relationship, I mean, the best is just to explain how you feel and why you want to continue this. And, you know, most people want to feel a bit special with their partner. Just, like, <laughs> let them know that they they are still a very special person to you and stuff like this. If you want to end the relationship, I mean, I'll just be honest. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I haven't had that experience myself. With family, and I think it just depends on how comfortable you are with them. Like, I actually didn't want to tell my family, but my ex did. So then I ended up having to, I felt like I had to explain. And why I didn't want to tell them is because it takes me, at least back then, it used to take me like, I talked to my mom for two hours explaining her how I feel. And it was really exhausting. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, it just depends on your own situation and like, just think about your own boundaries and how much you want certain people to know about yourself. It's always really important for me to feel like people understand me. And I feel really bad if like they only like get half of the story and stuff. So I really try to be like thorough about it. So that's why it was quite exhausting. Mm. But if you don't have that need, then good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were there specific questions that came up from your conversation with your mother? Like things that she really couldn't understand why. Because I assume that people who are listening to this as well may also not be able to fully grasp like, so how exactly is this like for you? Yeah, it's so difficult to explain because as I said, it's such an internal experience. And then sometimes I feel some way, but then I don't exactly know if that's how other people feel as well or not. Yeah, it's really, really, really difficult to explain. And for me too, for myself too, sometimes I think like, am I even a romantic? Because it's externally so similar to how romantic people seem to be. And then I sometimes I'm like, no, I'm not really. But then I know I'm lying to myself. I'm really good at telling when I'm lying to myself. And I know <laughs> when I say that I'm lying to myself. And I, I think the best I can explain was what I already talked about was that it's kind of special person. That is my person, you know, that's what I want. And then I just don't have the, I don't know if it's like true, I'm not a scientist, I'm a lawyer. Um, <laughs> but I feel like there's some kind of chemical reaction or something like this that I am lacking. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know if it's how it is, but yeah. So I want everything else in the relationship, but I don't have that. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and I feel like sometimes you also have expectations that are fed by movies for example which are extremely idealized mm -hmm. and extremely like, um, specific scenarios that are fully like full-on romanticism like the most romance you can get in your life 
and then that doesn't really correspond in real life relationships mm-hmm. and the only reason that it might approach movies is because uh, a lot of uh, times especially in relationships between men and women men are like women like romantic movies they like seeing the gestures that those guys do so let me go get those flowers and i don't know get those diamonds <laughs> or whatever <laughs> it wasn't a question it was just oh, an okay, observation yeah. that <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's no it's really true like it is so difficult to figure out not only in terms of a romanticism but just in general like what is it ac- that you actually want in a relationship and what is that society has taught you <laughs> to want i think that for me for example it's a very um difficult thing to distinguish like what do i actually want mm-hmm. because like i can understand that mm, if someone gives me flowers it <laughs> doesn't impress me like as in a romantic gesture if uh if I give a speech and someone gives me flowers, which has happened, I was like, oh my god, that's so yeah. nice. <laughs> so I feel like I, it's also like, what am I supposed to expect from a romantic partner as a gesture of appreci- appreciation yeah. when it, it might not really interest me, but I also don't want to shut them down and be like, you are trying, but what you're trying does nothing to me. Yeah. I think for me, I'm more like, the intention is what counts for me. I mean, unless it's something you really should know that I don't like. (laughs) But then I think the intention isn't really there. But yeah, if you're trying and it's like more or less, you know, that could fit, like, that warms my heart. Um, But yeah, I think, I don't know if you probably you have looked at like the love languages, the different ones. I think that's, uh, you know what I'm talking about? I think kind of like uh, Like gift giving. Yeah, physical touch and, uh, well, I forgot, but (laughs) there's like five of them, I think. Um, I think that's a pretty good place to start. That's also really, like, I have been thinking about those things for a couple of years too. And it, I think I only recently realized that physical touch is actually for me because I used to think that, okay, well, like, you can just have sex with it. Like, you know, it's not that meaningful for me. But then I also realized that I actually have a very clear, like, distance, like, based on how much I like the person. <laughs> like, literally when I broke up with my ex, the moment I just took a step back and I was really comfortable, in- uncomfortable being as close as we used to be so yeah it's complicated to figure out these things about yourself and then to communicate them to your partner that's the next step yeah um and also speaking of romantic uh, gestures it also made me go a bit back to the spectrum of how you you like to receive um romanticism i guess and like when you are in the aromantic spectrum Mm -hmm. because there are people who are like Yes, I like watching romantic movies and I like romance for other people and they are, you know, they are obvious about it. And then so then when they say, oh, but I don't fall in love and I just don't I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. It, it seems very weird to others because they're like, oh, come on, you like this. <laughs> you yeah. like this. I mean, for some aromantic people, it is actually really sad. Like they want to have this, but then they just don't. And for some, it is like they feel like loss and for others it's like well i like watching fantasy movies with dragons but i don't want to go to hunger games or whatever <laughs> like uh, <laughs> i like watching a lot of stuff like this but i don't want to be there so for some people it's more like that i guess yeah and also when you are extremely romance repulsed i think it looks very weird to the rest of the society which is very used to mm-hmm. romantic gestures because um from what I know, you could be just um, appalled by any sort of gesture that could be considered romantic. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would that? I'm asking you now as well, like, uh, because I think you probably know more about it, like for the romance repulsed. Yeah, I have seen. Like, it's not what I am, but I have seen their writings. Yeah. Yeah. Does it also include like physical contact, or is it just romantic gestures, or? Well, it depends. Uh, because well maybe we should have clarified this earlier on uh, some aromantic people are also asexual and others like myself are not and then there's also that like what is sexual what is romantic so for example i have read people talk about how for example kissing when it's in a romantic intention they don't like it but then they like making out in a sexual context even though the physical act is more or less the same but it's the context of it that uh, matters and yeah in general it's just so personal <laughs> so yeah That's very interesting. That's very context specific. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we've had a very nice conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, I will be giving a small recommendation. Two, actually. Um, one is a content creator on YouTube who is aromantic himself, and his name is Nick Hampshire. <laughs> Um, and he talks a lot about how he experiences romantic attraction and I think that's very interesting. And he's also interested in sex and could like be attracted to people and maybe would like to approach them, but not romantically. So I feel like that's a very interesting combina combination. Um, and the other one, uh, it's um, sort of video essay, I guess, about amatonormativity by Tara Mooney, which is basically the assumption of the superiority of the exclusive romantic relationship and what that means for people who just don't feel like it yeah i have actually watched it too i think it was a pretty nice one yeah yeah, yeah she's pretty <laughs> yeah. nice <laughs> yeah okay so thank you very very much for coming yeah, thank you for inviting me again yeah, of course and i would also like to thank my editor anna and i guess you can catch us up on the next episode so thank you for Your time will be back next month. <laughs>